0: Hey there podcast listeners, it's Tom here. I have written a book, it's called Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed. If you like my preaching, then I reckon you'll like my book. If you don't like my preaching, then why are you listening to my podcast? Anyway, I'm releasing it in May, but you can get a preview of it right now if you go to my website, tomfrench.com.au, where you can download a sample chapter. If you already know that you want the book, then you can pre-order it at my website too. The talk you're about to hear is based on one of the passages I look at in the book. It's about the streaker who runs around nude when Jesus gets arrested. It's a pretty weird thing to find in the middle of quite a serious passage. Anyway, I gave the talk at an afternoon gathering to encourage Christians at school. So I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, then go to tomfrench.com.au to pre-order the book. Anyway, I'll catch you later. In that story, we saw this guy who was caught naked at probably one of the most inappropriate times that you can be naked. And I don't know if you guys find yourselves in situations where you're like... Uh, Like, oh man, that was really inappropriate. I probably did not think that one through, but that happens to me semi-regularly. Like when I turn up at school and do a talk about a nude guy running through the Bible, like that could be totally inappropriate, but we're going to do it anyway. When I was on, uh, when I first had left school, I was asked to be a leader at a leadership camp. It was like for, it was like an ISCF leadership camp, which is like a crew group but in a public school. So it was like, um, it was kind of like cross cross-train, the leadership camp that we run, um, but for poor people. So we went, I went to that and I got, (laughs) I was was a public school kid, it was great. And as I was there, I got invited uh, to lead and I was having a great time. And then this was about the time in my life where everyone was wearing baggy pants. And I had just discovered that during winter, and it was winter, that I could fit a whole nother pants under my jeans. I was like, this is great. And so I was wearing like tracksuit pants and then I was wearing my jeans. And then I was like, you know what I could do, which would be really funny. I could take my pants off and then I'd have pants underneath and everyone would be like, whoa, what's going on? And I'd be like, eh, got you there. And so at dinner, I was like, all right, guys, guess what? I'm going to drop my pants. And I was like, no, it was like, yeah. And they're like, no, It was like, yeah. And I was like here we go and I stood up at dinner time and then I was like yeah I'm taking my pants off and then I dropped my pants and there were pants underneath like pantsception it was great and I thought it was hilarious and then the director was like Tom outside I was like oh no and they're like Tom it's really inappropriate to take off your pants at dinner time like that's bad leadership I'm like really it's like this is a leadership camp you can't take off your pants at a leader, at a leadership camp. And I was like, really? Like, yes, it's totally inappropriate. So I learned a great leadership skill there, <laughs> which is, don't drop your pants when you're at a leadership camp. And it's been really important for, you know, the rest of my life. It's been, and it's total, I was like, this is really inappropriate to do that. And here we have this story where this guy, running naked through the Bible, at the arrest of Jesus, can you think of a worse time to be nude? Like there's not a worse time, like here's Jesus in the middle of like the most pressing engagement of his life, and here's another guy running around naked. So we're going to have a look at that, but we've got to go back a little bit in the story. Uh, this is this happens on the first uh, night of, sorry, the last night of Jesus's life before he gets killed, and then he came back to life afterwards, but this is uh, just after the, the Last Supper, he's been talking to everyone about you know, how he's leaving and then he's talking about how everyone's going to desert him and all the other disciples are like, nah, we're definitely not going to desert you. And he's like, you are going to desert me. And then Peter's like, I'm not. And he's like, you definitely are. <laughs> and then he def- Peter definitely does. And then they head out to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is like, uh, I'm going to go on off to pray. Can you pray with me? And they're like, yeah, for sure. And then Jesus goes off to pray and what happens? He comes back. And they are fallen asleep, which I don't know what you guys are like, but I totally identify with them. Like I'm regularly like, I'm going to pray and read my Bible. And then I spend a lot of time praying and napping and mostly napping. Like, so like I have a lot of like desire to like serve Jesus. And then it just kind of falls apart sometimes. And then the, Judas comes along. And they find Jesus and Judas gives Jesus a kiss on the cheek and and they're like, this is the guy. And so they arrest Jesus. And that's when we get to this bit, uh, which we had read to us, where Jesus says this. He says, am I leading a rebellion? Said Jesus, you come out with swords and clubs to catch me. Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Now, you might see this and say, What the heck is that doing in the Bible? Which might be my next thing. There you go. Like, why is there a naked guy in the Bible? Like, what is going on there? Why would you even put this in? That's a very strange thing to have in the Bible. Well, the first thing I think that's useful about it is that one, it kind of shows us that this is probably an authentic story. Like not for sure, like it's not like the solid proof that the Bible is real, but this is kind of like an eyewitness thing that you wouldn't include if you're making up the story. Like if you're sitting there like, oh yes, there's this Jesus, uh, he got arrested. What should I add in here? A streaker. We should definitely put a streaker in the Bible. That would make sense. No, like this is kind of shows that there was someone there and they were like maybe talking to Mark about their memories of what happens like, oh, and there was that naked guy. So so there's one thing that's there that's important. The other thing is that it is a fulfillment of a prophecy. I bet you didn't know that. So in Amos uh, chapter two, it's talking about the day of the Lord and the day of the Lord Uh, is the time when God's judgment comes to earth and God is putting everything right. And then here it says, even the bravest warriors will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. And here is the day that God himself in Jesus is being arrested. Uh, He's been put into a sham trial and then he's going to be killed. And when he gets killed, uh, it is the judgment of God coming to earth. But it's not falling on others, it's falling on God's own son on Jesus himself. So this is the day of the Lord and here is the prophecy being fulfilled. And so then the question is uh, that sometimes people ask, well, who is this guy? Who is this guy that goes running around? And some people say, well, maybe it's Mark. Maybe Mark kind of wrote himself in as like a bit of a cameo appearance, kind of like how Stan Lee is in every Marvel movie. So Mark was like, I'm just gonna put myself in my book here of that time that I was a streaker. but..." If, if, I mean, it could be Mark. If I was Mark, I would probably put myself in for a much better cameo. I'd be like the guy who suggested that Jesus turned water into wine. I'd be like, hey, Jesus, you could turn that water into wine. You're a good guy. Like, I would give myself that kind of thing rather than the guy who is naked at the worst time in history. But, Mark, maybe that's it. But the truth is we don't know who it is. And there's a reason why we don't know who it is because what this is doing in this story is it is showing us that everyone deserted Jesus. Everyone left Jesus. All those people who were there at the dinner and said, Jesus, we will be with you till the end. We will never desert you, Jesus. They were the ones who fell asleep. And they were the ones that when Jesus was arrested, they all fled. And then here's one guy who's following at a distance. And then when they try and grab him, he is more afraid of being seen with Jesus than he is of being seen naked running through the streets. That's how scared he is of being associated with, With Jesus and I think this is kind of like a great illustration of how we are this guy has been left anonymous because any of us could be that guy any of us could be the person who deserts Jesus because we're afraid to be associated with him oh we've already answered that one so the question that we have to ask is when is it that we abandon Jesus when is it that we run away when oh actually I think I've got one more ready (laughs) anyway I like that anyway so yeah when is it that we that we are when we are pushed that we don't we're uncomfortable with our association with Jesus and I don't know what you're like I've had lots of moments like that in my life Uh, recently I was at a dinner party uh, with some friends of my wife's uh, I didn't really know many of them that well, but we were there. There was about 12 of us sitting around the table. And uh, and this, I got introduced to one person and and they said, uh, oh, this is Tom. He's a youth pastor. I'm like, not really, but you, that's fine. And she's like, oh, you're religious. And I was like, yeah, I'm religious. So I'm like, I've got a religion. I'm like, good for you. And she's like, you know what I believe? I'm like, what? What do you believe? And she was like, well... And this is like across the table. It's like, well, I believe that, you know, people are good. And if you do good, good comes back to you. And in my head, I'm like, there is so much wrong with that. It's like, I believe something completely different. It's like, you know what? I could, I would love to tell you about Jesus right now. But then I looked at everyone around the table. I was like, I would love not to tell you about Jesus right now. Because I don't want to be the one guy at the table who derails this nice dinner party to talk about how everyone's not essentially good and that we do terrible things, but even though we do bad things, God does good to us when he sends his son Jesus for us. Like I could have said that, but I didn't want to do that. And so I was like, yeah, well that's a nice idea. Can someone pass the meats, please? Like <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't want to do it, I was afraid. And there's so often it feels like this is this is something that I do, that I abandon Jesus, not by like saying, oh, I don't believe in Jesus, but i have just, don't like my association with him. I don't wanna be judged because I'm with Jesus. I don't know what it's like for you. Maybe for you guys, you feel it like when someone says to you, "Ask you what you did at lunchtime and you went to crew, and you're like, oh, yeah, I just, I just, I just, <laughs> Maths, you're like, like maybe you're that person Maybe you're the person who, who like goes to parties and then, and then you're at the party and everyone's drinking and you're like, oh, I don't really want to drink. But then, and you're like, I know that that's the kind of thing that Jesus doesn't want me doing, but you don't want to be the person who gets judged for being the person who doesn't drink because of Jesus. And so you, maybe you drink or maybe you're like, oh, you know, like, I, I just want to be safe. And then everyone's like, oh, they're the safe one rather than they're the Jesus one. Like, it's, we get afraid of being associated with Jesus. Where is it that you abandon him? Well, the great news is that Jesus didn't abandon us. Everyone left him. And he could have left everyone. He could have said, well, I've had enough. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Everyone ran away. Why would I die for these people? But he didn't. He went alone to the cross. And he was faithful when everyone else was faithless. And he died on that cross for us, knowing exactly what we are like. And if you are someone who feels guilty for the things that you've done, the great news is that when Jesus died on the cross, it was to forgive you and to forgive me for the times that we have abandoned him. He died for those people who ran away, and he died for you and for me when we've left him. He knew exactly what we were like when he went to the cross. And he did it for us so that we might know that He doesn't abandon us. And you know, the great news of the story of the disciples is that Jesus went and found them after they abandoned Him. He died, He rose again, and then He went, where are they? And He went and turned up when they were in a locked room and they were hiding from everyone, and Jesus was like, you can't hide from me, I'm here. And he said, hello. And then he went and found them again when they were fishing. And then he said, he went into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit so that God would live in them. And then those same disciples who left him went and stood in front of thousands of people and told them about Jesus. You can read about that in Acts chapter 2. And thousands of people became Christians. They got changed because of what Jesus had done and because Jesus sent his Spirit to live in them. And the truth is that you can have that too. If you're the kind of person who's like i'm afraid of standing up for jesus i want to run away from him well jesus knows exactly what you're like and so he sent the holy spirit to empower you that you and i we can be changed in the same way that they were changed the same person who ran away from jesus naked and afraid is probably someone i don't know but probably someone who jesus tracks down either in person or in his spirit and called him to himself he certainly be willing to and so we don't have to be just you know, live in our guilt, but we can live in hope that, that there, is, there is strength for us. So the question is, now, how do you stand for Jesus? What are the things that you can do to stand up for Him? And we're coming into land with this one, and I've got just three tips for you, and then we're going to put one of them into action. So the first tip is uh, to pray. Because if God has given up His Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us, then we should ask Him, say, give us the Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us so that we might be able to stand up for you. Because that's a prayer that He wants to answer. That's the that's thing that Jesus talked about. He said, when you are in trouble, when you're on trial, the Holy Spirit will be with you and He'll help you to know what to say. So pray. And then the second thing that you can do is ask for help from other people because we're not meant to go through this following Jesus thing alone. You've got each other. That's why you've got your crew group. So when you're at school, you go, oh, look, I've got other friends here who know and love Jesus. They can support me. And so look to them and say to each other, hey, this is, this is what I struggle with. I struggle when we're chatting at school and everyone's paying out on that person and I really want to join in too. You're there too. Can you just help me to make sure that you know, I don't join in? Or when everyone else is having a go at Christianity, I want to speak up, but I'm afraid. Can we like to make eye contact and then we'll speak up? Like you can talk to each other and then pray for each other. Share with each other what's difficult and then pray for each other. And then the last thing is take the first step. Take the first step of being brave. Like if if you want to speak up, then go, well. Ah, and then everyone will look at you. And then the next step and take the next step and the next step. And I'll tell you what what I've noticed when I do the brave little thing of just going, ah, or hold on. Or, oh, baby, uh, you know what? When I do that little thing, I don't, I don't commit myself to anything more than just a little noise. God turns up and the Holy Spirit empowers me to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And as I start talking, I'm like, I've got this. I've got this because he's got this. Because Jesus doesn't abandon me. I might abandon him, but he doesn't abandon me. He's with me in his Holy Spirit. So we want to be people who stand up for Jesus. So before we put this into practice, the first thing I want to say is if you are someone who isn't a Christian here, then the great news is that Jesus doesn't abandon you. And there might be other people in your life who have abandoned you. There might be friends who you can't rely on, family members who you can't rely on, but the great news is that He never, never has and He never will. Don't you want to put your trust in someone who is willing even to go to the cross and die for you? so that He might be with you and in your life for the rest of eternity. So put your trust in Him. And if you are someone who is a Christian, then whatever you feel about what's happened in the past, you get forgiven and Jesus stands by you and He's with you until the very end. You can stand up for Him and He's done everything needed so that you can. It's time to get on with it. So now we're going to put into practice. I want you just to turn quickly uh, to the people who are around you in groups of maybe three, three or four, share with each other maybe one thing that you find, one place where you find it difficult to stand up for Jesus, and then pray for each other, and you can do that for hopefully like maybe the next two minutes, is that okay? And, uh, and then someone else will come in and wrap it up. Okay, there we go. Hey everyone, it's me again. I just wanted to say I hope you found that talk helpful. And if you did, remember that you can pre-order my new book, Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, which looks at that passage and 14 other stories from the Bible full of nudity, farts and zombies. You can check it all out at tomfrench.com.au. That's tomfrench.com.au.